I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Isn't that the truth? Isn't it? I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Anytime I get to come up here, I always like to say a few words about the Bible. I'd like to encourage you all to read the Bible as much as you can. I know sometimes it's hard to grab a Bible and understand it, but I've told you in the past, um, some of you might say, I don't have time or I don't, you know, it's just too much hassle for me to do. Please get into the word. For instance, 2 John is a half a page. It's a half a page. That's it. Come on. We can all do that. And then once that happens, it's going to turn into a full page and then two pages and God will just bring you right along to reading his word because when you read his word, you can never, ever go wrong. And also the, the Bible, I just want to share a couple things with you. I was at Trinity Fitness and a trainer, Justin McVicker, gave a really good devotional last week. And he just broke some stuff down. I've never really heard it put this way. Of course, we know there's 66 books in the Bible. The Bible books are in seven groups. I never realized this myself. The Old Testament, 39 books. The first 17 are historical, Genesis through Esther, fall and rise of the Hebrew nation. The next five, poetical, Job through songs, literature of the nation's golden age. The last 17, prophetic, Isaiah through Malachi, literature of the nation's dark days. Just trying to get you intimate with your Bible. I mean, it's just, it's such an amazing way how God has put all this in order like that. New Testament, 27 books, four gospels, Matthew through John, the man whom the nation produced. Acts, the reign among all nations begins, 21 epistles, Romans through Jude, his teachings and principles, last revelations, forecast of his universal dominion. I cannot wait to meet these guys in heaven one day. Eternity is such a long time. And a lot of you say, nobody in this church says this, I know that, but I hear people say, well, this is man-made. Man wrote it. It's not all true. If God's big enough, the Bible says he can name every single star out there in our universe. I'm sure he's big enough to get the right people in line to write his word for us, for his love letter to us. Let's talk about the Bible, too. Um, it's, it's a book that, it's right here. Back in the olden days, or when Jesus was around, you had to go to temple tops, or you, you had to go to temples, mountaintops. We've, I've got this book right here. I can take this with me anywhere I want to go. I can take it home. I can take it to wherever I'm going later today. I can take it on a trip. Not only that, our phones nowadays. And again, I just love to talk about the Bible whenever I'm up here. Grab your phone. There's apps out there. They even have apps, the, the They'll read the Bible to you. You don't even have to read it. So if there's something that you need to be, think that God's putting you in a position where you need to read something about your life, that's what I want to encourage you to, to do. Again, I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. We're here today to celebrate Jesus and all that he does for us. The story we're going to read in John 9 in the entire book the author of John clearly emphasizes Jesus' relationship with his father. Jesus clearly states his purpose for writing his gospel. John wanted people to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and thus receive eternal life by following him. We must always want to grow closer to Jesus. For me, 
This is where I'm not where I want to be comes in. I want to be closer to Jesus, which we all do. I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to do with my, my day with him also. Every single day I try to. The days I don't are the days that usually don't go good. I've even tried to look like him. I'm 50 years old. I've tried to grow a beard, and I can't grow a beard yet. I have beard envy with teenagers. Yeah, that's pretty sad, isn't it? I guess I just don't have that manly face I'd like to have. I'm not talking about where I want to be in my flesh. Again, that would be so easy. I could just say in my flesh, I'd rather be, I'd like to be on an island with my wife and my kids and perfect eight-foot waves and sunshine and sand in my toes. Or the really um, selfish part of me could say, I just want to be with my wife on an exotic island and nobody's on it. But again, we're talking about our spiritual life. I want to be a better husband. God has blessed me with an awesome wife, but I, I strive. I always pray every day. I can almost say every day that's my prayer. Lord, help me be a better husband. Help me be a better father. He's blessed me with two beautiful girls. Help me be a better son. Help me be a better son, a better employee. Help me be better in this community. I pray that all the time. Jesus has placed me in this community, and most of all, I pray, Lord, I want to be more like you. I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Came to me a night, few nights ago, and you're going to hear some testimonies I'm going to tell you soon about. They were basically saying, after I came up with this, they were almost saying to me when I talked to them, word for word, I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God. I thank God I'm not where I used to be. So I'm going to bring those up in a little bit. One evening, I was, when I came up with this, I was having a, um, a John Beliveau pity party. I was just complaining. Things weren't going my way. I was complaining about this, complaining about that. Things were happening that shouldn't be happening, and I was just having a big old pity party. So I got out of my house away from my wife and my children. I just went out there to just like, oh, Lord, please help me. Well, he broke me. He, I, I, in my mind, I'm hearing, okay, John, you're not where you want to be, so what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Instead of complaining, you need to thank me that you're not where you used to be. And that broke me so hard that I literally, I bawled my eyes out in my driveway. I came in. It's always scary, I guess, when you walk in the house and you're bawling your eyes out. My wife's like, what happened, you know? She thought I hurt myself or something. And I just explained to her, wow, because she knew some of the things that were going on. I'm like, honey, I've been looking at this all wrong. God just told me I'm not where I want to be, but I need to thank him where I'm at and, I'm, and where, I'm, where I'm not used to be. We're all in this process that has started. We're all in it together, and we have not finished it. We would be happy. We, would, we should be happy that we are in it and thank God that we are not where we used to be before we started this walk with Jesus. Jesus gives sight to those who receive him. Think about that. Jesus gives sight to those who receive him. So why are you here today? Man, it gets really quiet when I ask that question. Why are you here today? We all have our different reasons. Are you not where you want to be? And you're here, you're looking for something. You want to grow in an area of your life. Are you here to thank God? Thank you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for what you've given me. There's some of you here, too, that come here because you're looking for something to do for people. We're all made different. Here we go. John 9. 
John 9, 1 through 12. As he went along, he saw a man blind, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, of course, we're talking about Jesus. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Isn't that awesome? Why I am in the world, I am the light of the world, and he will always be the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging, seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day, Lord. I pray that we hear what we hear, that our eyes see what we need to see, and our ears hear what we need to hear, Lord. I pray that when we leave here, we are somehow changed with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In this chapter, we see different reasons and different reactions to Jesus. The neighbors reveal their surprise and skepticism. The Pharisees showed disbelief and prejudice. The parents believed but kept quiet for fear of excommunication. And the healed man consistently, his growth in faith grew consistent. Each reaction to Jesus allowed the man to have a clear understanding of the one who healed him. A common belief in the Jewish culture was calamity or suffering that was the result of some great sin. But Jesus used the man's suffering to teach about faith and to glorify God. We live in a fallen world where good behavior is not always rewarded and bad behavior is not always punished. Therefore, innocent people sometimes suffer. We all know that. If God took something away whenever we asked, we would follow him for comfort and convenience, not out of love and devotion. Think about that. That's so true. I'm not where I want to be. Regardless of the reasons for suffering, Jesus has the power to help us deal with it. When we suffer from a disease, tragedy, or disability, try not to ask, why did this happen to me, or what am I doing wrong? Instead, ask God to give you the strength for the trial and the clear perspective of what is actually happening at that moment. When you get through this, you will thank God that you're not where you used to be. I can do all things through Christ. Amen. When Jesus spit on the ground and made mud in order to repair the man's eyes, he was working with original materials. Genesis 2.7 Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. How awesome is that? This states that God formed 
Adam's body from the dust of the ground. Jesus was demonstrating our creator's awareness of the materials he first used to shape the human body. This is definitely a faith-building moment for that man. It's not the mud that did the healing. It was his faith that was being built up. We all have our faith-building moments. One of my first faith-building moments, it goes back about eight and a half years ago. It's when the church was very small. We weren't in this building, obviously. We were in a hotel, and um, there was about 100 people, 150 people. Jason was preaching. We were growing. Again, about 100, 150 people. And Jason's parents were in town. And I was like, again, I was new at this. I truly didn't understand yet the power of God, the power of Christ. So Jason's parents show up and like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Byers, my name's John Beliveau. I just want to tell you what a great job Jason's doing. He's amazing. He's changing my life. He's changing my kid's life. My friends are coming here. He's changing their life. And Mrs. Byers looked at me and out of love, she said, listen to me, young man. Don't ever focus on my son. Always focus on the Lord because he could leave here at any day. And I'm thinking, man, Jason, what'd you do to your mama, man? Because she ain't, she ain't thinking too much of you right now. But again, it's because I didn't understand. I was focusing on him. And we're not to do that. We're to focus. So for me, that was a building moment where I truly understood that. I grabbed some scripture and read up on it. And it walked me through that presence. The man born blind was brought to the Pharisees. They asked him again, what happened? And he repeated, this is the story goes on. He repeated, he put mud on my eyes and now I can see. The Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Some of them were saying, if this man was of God, how would he have done this? They were divided. And then they asked the man again, how did this happen? He said, he must have been a prophet. And at this point, they still did not believe the man was blind. They even went and brought the parents in and asked, is this your son? They said, yes, he is my son, but I do not know why he can see now. He could not see before. They brought the man back in again and questioned him. And he said, this is a verse coming up too. It's very powerful. All that I know is I could not see, but I can see now. They asked him again, what happened? And he repeated, I have told you already, why are you not listening to me? Again, Jesus is in the house, things are going on, people are, there's conflict going on. He said, do you not, do you not want to hear it again? And do you want to become his disciples? Now they're getting really mad at him. The Pharisees were saying, we don't know, we don't know where this man comes from. But the man that was blind said, that, isn't that interesting that you don't know where he comes from, but he has healed me. That's pretty powerful. This is because they did not believe in him. Jesus heard he was thrown out. So Jesus went looking for the man and he found him and he asked the man if he believed him. The man said, he said, if you believe in the son of man, sorry. The man said, who is he? Jesus replied, you are talking to him and seeing him right now. Then the man said, I believe you, and he worshiped him. God continually wants us to move forward. God wants us to continually move forward. So again, if you're not where you want to be right now, don't worry about it because it happens to all of us. Keep moving forward. Read your word. Surround yourself with Christian people. 
Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Now that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has allowed me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Again, I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Paul said, Paul said that his goal was to, to know Christ. That was his goal, was to know Christ. To be like Christ. He wanted to be like Christ. And to be all Christ had in mind for him. This goal took all of Paul's energies. This is a helpful example for us. We should not let anything take our eyes off our goal knowing Christ. With the single-mindedness of an athlete in training, we must lay aside every harmful thing and not let anything forsake us or distract us from being effective Christians. Again, is there something holding you back? I'm not where I want to be. Paul had several reasons to forget the past. He held the coats of those who had stoned Stephen. I mean, think about that. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm sure Paul was saying that. We all have done things for which we are, we are shamed. And we all live in the tension of what we have been in and, we, and what we want to be. We all live in that. Because our hope is in Jesus. However, we can let go of the past and the guilt and look forward. I always tell people and myself, I tell this, never let what happened. Say something happened in your life this morning, yesterday, two days ago, two years ago, a year ago, ten years ago. Never let that hold you back because every day, every day is a brand new day for us. Don't dwell on the past. Instead, grow in the knowledge of God by concentrating on your relationship with him. Realize that you are forgiven and move on to a life of faith and obedience. Look forward to a fuller and more meaningful life because of your hope in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you about some testimonies, as I mentioned this earlier. These are some people that I met with recently. It was, it was after I was thinking about the title of my sermon. And it's almost like when I was talking to them, word for word, they were telling me, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not where I used to be. And of course, I checked with them. They told me I could tell these testimonies, but we're not going to mention any names. One was a, a, a man and his wife called me up. And they wanted me to uh, meet him at the hospital. So I walked in the hospital room, middle 50s, very young, and he had cancer. And they had children, grandchildren. And he told me, and this is what I love about this church. This is why I love this church so much is because of how God is working through Jason and through this church and bringing such wonderful people like you. He said, I have cancer. But you know what, John? I'm going to make it. About a year ago, we came to this church. We were never churchy people our whole lives. We, you know, here and there, never really went. But about a year ago, we came. We both accepted Christ. And I'm not where I want to be right now in this situation, but I know I'm going to thank God one day that I'm not where I used to be. I'm going to beat this thing, and I'm going to praise God for it when I'm done. It was such a powerful testimony. Another a young couple called up, and they wanted um, 
to meet with me. Again, we meet with people. We don't counsel people, but we tell them what the Word of God says about their situation. So when someone calls and says, I want to talk to you about my marriage, I'm thinking, okay, there's a marriage issue. We're going you know, to meet with them. And it was a direct opposite. They said, I want to meet with you. They wanted to meet with Jason. He was out of town. And they said, we just got to tell somebody from the church. We love this church. We showed up here about six or seven months ago. Our marriage was, we were this close to divorce. We were living in separate houses. We have kids. It was horrible. But through this church, through Christ Jesus, through this church, I can tell you our marriage is rock solid. We're not where we want to be yet. We still have some things to work out. But we thank God we're not where we used to be when we first started coming here. Amen is right. Lastly, um, a guy uh, came in um, a while back, um, had drug addiction, alcohol abuse, and he was, this was on a Sunday. He just pulled me aside one day, and he said, I love this church. This church is amazing, what God has done in my life. And he went on to mention, he, he knew it to the day. It was amazing. It was like I've been sober for 186 days. It was well over a year. I haven't touched any alcohol, any drugs. And again, he said, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm getting there. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Armed and Dangerous. This is a neat little book. Right here, Anthony, Pastor Anthony uses this for his youth. In this book, it's about, it says on the top, Ephesians 6.11, which talks about, this is our sword. Our Bible is our sword. Anything we're going through, anything in life is about, is in this Bible. It's amazing. So what this book is, it's just, it starts from A to Z, and it talks about if you're going through abuse, adultery, alcohol, backsliding, baptisms, and there's way more than that. You can see them all. I'm just skipping through. Confidence, criticism, depression, faith, gossip, loneliness, peace, peer pressure, self-control, thoughts, wisdom. It's all in here. I mean, it's amazing. If you're struggling with thinking about getting baptized, get baptized. Think of that video Pastor Nathan did. If you're struggling with that and you haven't been baptized, I encourage you to go out to the tent, fill out a connect card. Bitterness tells you here, go to Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Matthew, go to 5.23, Romans 12.14, and so on and so on. This whole book has everything in life, basically, that we go through. It's all right there. And by now, you're probably thinking, man, he hasn't got to his first point yet. I don't have any points in this sermon, so you guys can relax. You're probably like, wow, this is going to go on for a while. I'm just not as talented as, as a lot of these other pastors where they can connect the dots. I just... I don't know if it's not my style or I don't have talent. Um, I just love talking about Jesus. I don't even get out of my house most days dressed properly. A while back, I had on a plaid pair of shorts and a plaid shirt, and I thought, wow, the lines are all going this way and this way. And I thought it looked pretty cool. Well, apparently, my wife was like, no, you're not leaving the house. And I'm like, honey, I'm a happily married man. I don't care what I look like. And she said, if you're going to be with me... You are not going to dress like that. Again, I never claim to be smart. I just love Jesus. I couldn't even spell plaid. The computer kept underlining it. Well, apparently it's played, P-L-A-I-D. I had no idea. I'm like, plaid, it kept underlining, so I'm trying P-L-A-D-D. I finally asked somebody, I'm like, how do you spell plaid? I asked Siri, actually. How do you spell it? And she told me. 
Yeah. First Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul was not teaching that we should not thank him for everything that happens to us, but in everything. Isn't that awesome? But in everything. Evil does not come from God, so we should not seek him for it. But when evil strikes, we can still be thankful for God's presence and for the good that he will accomplish through your situation, whatever you're going through. I want to encourage you all, wherever you're struggling in life and you want to do better, if you're not where you want to be in that situation, pray on it. Find a book like this. um, Google it. Again, it's all there. It's all in the Bible. There, there are some people in this room that might say no to this message because things were better before than where you're going through right now. Maybe God's building you up for something if things ain't good right now. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay focused on that. I've been through some, some things where I thought, man, this is it. I'm done. It ain't gonna get any better. But keep in Christ. Keep praying, and He'll walk you through it, and He'll build you through it. John nine twenty five. He replied, this is later on in the sermon. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I can see. Isn't that awesome? Isn't this so true? I was blind, and now I can see. I personally did not know Jesus until I gave my life to him. I'm 50 years old. I knew Jesus most of my life, but I I, I didn't know, I didn't. I knew of him. I didn't know who he was until I started getting into the word and understanding the power that he has. I was living in the world for worldly things, not for Jesus. But again, I live for him now. Am I perfect? Heck no. None of us are. The man who had been blind heard the same questions over and over. He did not know why he was healed, but he knew that his life had been miraculously changed in that he was not afraid to tell the truth. He was not afraid to tell the truth. I can see now. We don't need to know all the answers in order to share Christ with others. Think about that. We don't need to know all the answers to share Christ with others. It is important to tell them how he has changed our life, your life. How's God? You know, if someone's going through something, explain that to them. Tell them how God's changed your life. Then trust in God that he'll use to help others with the same words. This is where the pavement hits the road. The blind man comes through to Jesus against everything that happened to him. His own puzzlement, his parents, cowardly fear of getting involved, his religious leaders for excommunication. The moral is clear. Only those that are blind of Jesus will not see. 2 Corinthians Now, if I had points, this would be my last point, just to let you all know. (laughs) Therefore, if anyone in Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Let's always remember, Christians are brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives us a new life, and we are not the same anymore. Again, We just want to thank God. We are not reformed, rehabilitated, or re-educated. We are recreated, living in vital union with Christ. So again, 
If you're not where you want to be, or if church is new to you, Christ the Almighty is the answer. I can guarantee you that. Sometimes it takes time, but never, never, never give up. At conversion, we do not merely turn over a new leaf. We begin a new life under a new master. While this newness is true individually, Paul is saying much more. Not only are believers, not only are believers changed from within, but a whole new order of creation of energy begins with Jesus. There is a new covenant, a new perspective, a new body, a new church. All of creation is being renewed. So take notice. This is not a superficial change that will be quickly superseded by another novelty. This is an entirely new order of all creation under Christ's authority. It requires a new way of looking at all all people in our creation. Does your life reflect this perspective? So let's, let's dim the lights and all heads bowed. I just got a couple things to ask you. Is there something holding you back right now? Are you struggling with something? Do you want to thank God that you're not where you want to be, but you want to thank Him you're not where you used to be? Maybe you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior right now. It's such an awesome day to do it. But again, if there's something in your life right now that you do want to make change, just think about it for a minute. Is there something right now, something in your life that you you just want to move forward, you want to put it behind you, and you can do it. You can do it. And you just want to thank God for that. Please just raise your hand right now and we'll pray. I see your hand. I see your hand back there too. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. What an amazing, amazing day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for who you are, Lord. I pray that I become closer to you, Lord. I pray that you surround me with Christians, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that I can move forward in my life. I thank you that I'd be able to do it with you. I thank you for what you've done on that cross, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you raise your hand, fill out a Connect card, or you can go to startingpointatthecoastlinechurch.com. You're dismissed. Thank you so much.